Q&A, and we'll allow you to, to unmute at home. We can do Q&A that way. If we do Q&A from the sanctuary, someone's going to have to step up to the uh, uh, computer so we can all hear them and, and I can hear them. Um, and again, if those of you who are at home want to ask a question at that time, you can also do it with the chat. So let me begin with the, uh, the, the sermon. Uh, we're in an interesting time for the Lord's people, both Jews and Christians, and for the nations of the world. The world is addressing this pandemic, and they must confront an uncertain future in terms of health and economics. God's people face a certain future of resurrection and the kingdom to come. There's anxiety and worry all around us, and we don't need to partake of that. We can trust the Lord. We are his. And in that trust, we can have peace and assurance that whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. And we can continue in hope because nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, we do have to face this present situation, but we do so from an eternal perspective. And we don't do this in a fatalistic manner. Uh, we have to struggle in this life against problems of health and economics. But we don't worry or panic as others do who have no hope. About a year ago, we concluded a series called Havarot and House Churches. And the focus of that series was to begin to inform us and prepare us for circumstances and situations that would require us to maintain community as a congregation without being able to meet publicly or fully as a congregation. And we're presently in a series called Waiting for the Kingdom to Come. And these are related concepts. And as we decided to move in the direction of limiting our gathering during these next three weeks, to be in compliance with government and health agencies' requests for social distancing, I could not decide if I should adapt the present series or return to the Havarot and the House Church one. Actually, this message would fit into both, but I don't see the present situation as a prophetic event. It seems that we should treat it as a more common human problem. So I placed it in the Havarot and House Church series. So I'm going to begin with why do we need Havarot and house churches or home churches. America is and has been a place where Jews and Christians can worship and practice our religion without fear or serious resistance. That's not to say there hasn't been anti-Semitism and anti-Christian acts and, and actions, but it, against what's going on in the rest of the world, for us it's been a minor issue. There are at present rumblings of anti-Semitism and anti-Christian sentiment that are pushing us to the margins of this secular society, and which is a potential threat for our present manner of gathering as believers. Now, the Disciples Center was formed in part as a laboratory for a new model of congregation. Not really a new model, but a composite of aspects from the diaspora model of the congregations of Judaism, the synagogue, and Christianity in oppressed areas that has survived the two great threats of our existence and the existence of our faith. And those uh, threats are assimilation and persecution. 
I want to talk about assimilation first. Assimilation for Judaism is the gradual loss of Jewish identity and covenant as Jews with God. As Jews intermarry or secularize, it can uh, also involve conversion to another religion. They remain Jews in the ethnic sense, but the assimilated Jew no longer expresses the light of the Torah among the nations. In the same way, Christian assimilation is the gradual loss of Christian identity, worldview, and values that mark a disciple of Jesus or Yeshua. The present rate of assimilation among American Christians and Jews is frightening. And this has become disciples, this is because discipleship has left the home and the congregation. And the gospel has been made to accommodate this secularization so that it will be relevant to the culture, so-called seeker-friendly approaches. This significantly alters the gospel, and we are losing the third generation. So the Disciple Center, as a private congregation, attempts to focus our priority on the home and the use of the congregation to reinforce that home priority so that our children's children will be disciples of the Lord, fully equipped in the knowledge and disciplines of this faith. Now, persecution is a different issue. The persecution of Jews and Christians certainly exists in other parts of the world, but it's not been a major concern for Jews and Christians in America until recently. But this may be changing. Anti-Semitism is on the rise, and this will spill over into anti-Christian acts as well. We're in the process of reading three books, and I hope you've read the Why the Jews by Now, and you've started the Our Hands are, are Stained with Blood so that we can begin to have discussions. And since I'm going to be home more, I'll be able to do more videos on that, and we can use Zoom for conversations. Now, the Jews have been likened to miners' canaries. Miners take canaries with them down into the mines, and if dangerous gases enter into the mine, the canary dies, and that warns the miner to flee and get out of there. Persecution often begins with the Jews, but it seldom ends with Jews. So we Christians who serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through our Lord Jesus will not be exempt from the hatred of the anti-Semite. And this will increase even more as our Judeo-Christianity expression is further influenced by Judaism in general and by, more specifically, Messianic Judaism. The Disciple Center is a private congregation that in some sense insulates us from public view as we disciple our children and our converts, and as we walk carefully in an increasingly hostile secular society. This, in part, is why we must be prepared for the future, and by being able to operate with, without full gatherings, and even perhaps without a facility. Uh, it involves regular meeting in our homes, just as the early Jewish and Gentile Yeshua disciples did. But that is not the only reason for uh, Havro and house or home churches. Human history is filled with natural disasters, wars, plagues, famines, as well as economic disasters. They're a normal part of human history. We should not be surprised or unprepared when they happen. 
we cannot ever be fully prepared. And we have to remember that we have a Father in heaven who knows our challenges and who is compassionate towards us in our need. But the way of this world is vanity and difficulties mount. There will be times, as we are seeing now, when disease and economic panic will overwhelm the place where we wait for the Lord to return. We also need to be ready in times uh, uh, such as this to protect our vulnerable, the poor, the widows, the children, and the elderly, and to cooperate as a community, even though we may not be able to meet together fully. So this next three weeks of social distancing in the face of the virus shall serve as a reminder and a real situation where our previous preparation can be tested and where we can learn to be better prepared next time, for there will certainly be a next time. We have to be ready when earthquakes take place, terrorism happens, supply panics and economic disasters take place. Haverot and house churches can also allow local neighbors to work together and when technology is avail available, we can gather as a dynamic virtual community, just as we are doing today. But we cannot depend on technology, as it will always be controlled by others, and it can be disrupted and overwhelmed. This weekend, most synagogues and churches have either canceled or significantly curtailed their services. Many, like us, are experimenting with technology as an alternative way to do their regular services. But that is short-sighted. Even if the technology works today, there is no certainty they will work, that it will work next time. We need to be able to connect relationally in our homes and in our neighborhoods. And then finally, there are local snags, like freeway construction, gas short shortages, in some areas weather conditions, or local issues that will arise as they have in the past. And we need to be prepared as households and as a congregation to weather those storms as well. We have done so in the past, and we and that also prepares us for the future. So what is the future that we are waiting for? The future that we wait, uh, await is the return of our Lord. In his return, we anticipate the restoration of the kingdom of Israel, as is stated in Acts 1, and the nations saying to one another, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Then the Torah will go forth from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and nation will learn war no longer, as Isaiah tells us in his second chapter. But the Lord has told us through the prophets and the apostles that the day of the Lord will be preceded by great darkness, deceit, apostasy, and persecution. We must be prepared for that future. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Mark chapter 13, uh, verses 24 to 37. It's hard for me to do a sermon sitting. I may have to try this standing next week. Um, so in Mark chapter 13, verse 24, uh, through the end of the chapter, the scripture says, But in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. 
And he will send forth his angels and will gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest ends of the earth to the farthest ends of heaven. Now learn the parable of the fig tree. When the branch has already become tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, recognize that he is near right at the door. I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. So take heed and be on the alert, for you do not know when the appointed time will come. It is like a man away on a journey, who upon leaving his house, put his servants in charge, assigning each one their task, and commanded the doorkeeper to stay on the alert. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, whether in the evening, at midnight, when the rooster crows, or in the morning, in case he should come suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, be on the alert. We don't know when the Lord is going to return. We know that there will be difficulties before that. Uh, the Lord has said that we're to be alert and prepared. Not because it will happen in our lifetime, though it may, but we prepare because it may happen in the lifetime of our children or their children. We must be prepared and we must prepare them and they must prepare the next generation. This faith is handed down from generation to generation. It's not invented new each generation, nor is it improved. It is more than passing down the scriptures, but also passing down a way of life that enables us to be doers of the word. And preparation is not just getting supplies and plans. Those are necessary. But even without supplies and plans, the blessed one who carried Israel through the wilderness can supply all our needs. We need the experience of practicing the presence of God and practicing the presence of the body of the Messiah. And that happens in Havarot and households through relational connections. So, in the next three weeks, I want you to consider what your household can do. Can it be a Havara or a home church for the Disciple Center? Can it be a place where guests from other congregations that maybe can't get to their congregation can find fellowship and hope? Can it be a place where an unbelieving friend or co-worker who is panicky and frustrated because of the present problems can find peace and the good news? Who within the Disciple Center needs to be connected and to whom? To you or to others? And how can we learn from this situation so that we will be prepared for the next, for there will be a next situation? Now, we will always have the threat of assimilation and persecution as we wait for the kingdom to come. But we don't need to, uh, we need to not be unprepared. Uh, we need to consider the temporal preparations that we need but more importantly, we need to consider the relational preparation that we need. That is the household. That is the havra. That is the house church or the home church and the local congregation. But remember that the congregation 
is not the central place. The central place is the home and the Havara. So that's what we're going to do, and I hope that we'll take this as an opportunity in this time of social distancing and some isolation to see how we can connect, not just through technology, but going to each other's home announced and helping each other. Maybe when you go to the store, if there are things available, you can pick up a few extra in case someone in the congregation can't get out or needs to needs those very items. And we can stay in touch with each other in other ways as well. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me. We'll go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll have a Q&A. Father, we're grateful for your word, and we're grateful for even this opportunity, because as you work for good in all things, let us as your children also work for good in all things to those who love you and are the called according to your purpose. Give us wisdom. Help us, Lord, to 